First of all, it's nice to see everyone. Uh, to everyone for coming. I wanted to discuss one of the more uh, common shilas that we get every year with regards to uh, cosmetics, um, toiletries and medications on Pesach with regards to first retaining them and then perhaps using them uh, or ingesting them. And even though these items don't initially uh, appear to us to be food items necessarily, uh, we need to discuss what exactly is the status of non-food items uh, on Pesach and what exactly is the line in the sand between a food item and a non-food item. And as we'll see, it's relevant on Pesach, but it's also relevant throughout the year because many of these items might also contain machos asuros, and much of our discussion will also uh, pertain not only to Pesach, but to Machalos Asuras in general. So the Sugi really begins with the Gemara in Mesechlis of Aydizara, where the Gemara quotes from the Pesach in Parshish Re'eh, Le'seichu kol nevela, la'ger she'b'sharecha t'nanavachala. You're not allowed to eat any nevela meat, uh, meat, animals that were not slaughtered properly. Rather, what should you do with it? Give it to the Ger Toishav, who's a Nachri, who lives amongst you in Eretz Yisrael. La'ger she'b'sharecha t'nanavachala. Give it to him and he'll eat it. Or the Pasuk continues, You could sell it to the Nachri as well. So the Gemara understands from the Pasuk, the implication of the Pasuk is that the Ger will take it. So, says the Gemara, whatever the Ger will take is considered to be a Nevela. If the Ger is not interested, I'll go over and bring him this uh, item, and he's not interested in it either. It's so rotten or so distasteful to him that he's not going to take it, ain't really leger, ain't a kriya nevela. Then it's not even called a nevela, it loses its status as machalas asurois, if the ger won't take it. What is ain't a ruya leger? So the ron, meaning what will he not take, it loses its status of machalas asurois. The ron takes the gemara at face value, that what it means is the ger will not eat it. It's not nechal la'odam. So the Ran writes over there in that Gemara that if it's Nifso Me'achilas Ha'adam, that's actually the opinion of Roiv HaRishonim. If it's Nifso Me'achilas Ha'adam, which means a person would not eat it, it loses its status of Machalas Asurois and uh, is permitted as, it's not Machalas Asurois, we'll have to see what you can do with it, but it's not Machalas Asurois. The Rambam, the Noida Behuda notes that the Rambam seems to have a different opinion. Seems to disagree because the Rambam in Hilchus Ovis HaTuma, with regards to Tumas Eichlim, Eichel, food can accept tumah, especially if water fell on it, or even other items, prepared items, can accept tumah. What if it's become rotten, so it loses its status as Eichel, so does the tumah leave as well? So the Rambam writes, Basar nevelo shenifsod vehivish, Basar nevelo, which has become deteriorated, and rotten, venifsod milecho hakelev tahar, and a dog wouldn't eat it, then it's tahar. So the Rambam seems to have a different threshold than uh, the Ran. The, Ran, the Rambam seems to pass in the Maisa that in order for it to be permitted, it has to be nifsal, not only may Achilles ha'adam, a person wouldn't eat it, but it has to be even the Kalev, even the dog wouldn't eat it. And this is a machlekas with regards to machalas ha'suras the whole year long. With regards to Pesach, the Gemara says explicitly on Tesvavim Abeis and Mesech Tesvachim, that's over here, Ois Dalin, that it has to be nifsa me'achilas ha'kelev in order to lose its status as chametz. Ha'patz she'ifsha, bread which has become de- deteriorated, rotten. V'nifsa milecha la'adam v'ha'kelev, yachala achla, if a person would not eat it, but a dog would eat it, has to be burned on Pesach. It can be even burned with that which is tamay, even though you're being matame the food, it's irrelevant for now, but it has to be burned on Pesach, it's chametz. So even though a person would not eat it, but a dog would eat it, 
Everyone seems to agree says that that's considered to be chametz on Pesach. So for the Rambam, that's uh, we you know that's uh, predictable. That that works well. It's consistent because the Rambam's opinion is in general that in order for it to lose its status in Melchalos Asuros, it has to be Nifso Meachilas Hakelav. So it's not surprising that by chametz on Pesach as well, in order for it to lose its status as chametz, it has to be Nifso Meachilas Hakelav. Not just a person wouldn't eat it, but the dog wouldn't even eat it. However, the Ran has a problem with his opinion. The, Ramam, the Ran's opinion is that in order for it to lose its status in Malchalas Asuros the whole year long, it has to be Nifsa Meachilas Adam. A person wouldn't eat it, loses its status in Malchalas Asuros. How come on Pesach, we're more machmir, that in order for it to lose its status as Chomets, it has to be Nifsa Meachilas HaKelef? So the Ran is the one who has explaining to do. So the Ran in Oyes over here explains, Vechi Tema, Amai Tzri Chabir. Why does it have to be destroyed? If a if a person would not eat it, it's not So loses its status as food. Why do I have to burn it? It's not chametz either. So the Ran says, really, you're right, but it's a special, unique halacha of chametz. Yeshlemet not because of a chumer de Pesach. Yeshlemet the hocha shiny All bread contains within it some yeast. You could uh, make a culture out of it and grow yeast, and you could use that to then um, make other breads, which will also make that uh, rise and make it into chametz. So all bread has the ability to really make other breads. It could be an ingredient in future breads. That's why the Gemara says, he quoted, that sa'ar, yeast, the Gemara's yeast, I don't believe was the same as our yeast. It came in packets, which is isolated uh, you know, cultures. I think their yeast was sour breads. Which uh, was how they made. They has to, you traditionally used to make yeast was on a uh, platform of bread. I don't think it was edible. So the Gemara asks, The Gemara says, "Why does the pasuk say in the Torah, 'You're not allowed to keep sa'or in your house on Pesach? Why can't you keep yeast? No one eats yeast. It's not edible. So it should be nifsameachilas adam. All yeast should be nifsameachilas adam. So why does the Torah say you can't keep it in your house? It's not food." How could it be chametz? Says the Gemara, because it's an ingredient in future ye- in future breads. So since it's an ingredient in other items which will be edible, this item is also as well. So the Ran says all breads on Pesach, even though it's nifsam echilas adam, independently it's not edible. It should have not been food anymore, not been chametz. Since you could use this bread to make future breads, it's an ingredient. That's why nifsam echilas adam is not enough on Pesach. It has to be nifsam echilas akelav totally. Um, and totally, uh, you know, nothing. Even though it could still be used to make other yeast. Maybe, yeah. Yeast might be different in that regard. But if it's nifsa me'achilas ha'kelev, breads will not be used to make other yeast. This ron might be a global principle, that whenever something is not edible, but it could be used as an ingredient in another item which will be edible, maybe the, then the item is prohibited <coughs> even now. That was one of the reasons why Rav Aaron Cutler answered in the Chubas uh, Aaron, his famous Chuba about the gelatin, he asked the gelatin, even though gelatin comes from uh, bones which are not edible or from skins of animals which are not edible as is, they're going to be made into an ingredient in items that will be edible. They'll be made into gelatin and the item will then be edible. So that was one of the reasons that he asked the gelatin, you know, as it is, it's not edible, but it will be made into an item that will be edible. It's an ingredient in, uh, in other items. Others argued that it's not the same as sa'ar. The whole purpose of yeast is as an ingredient. The bones and the skins have other uses other than you don't look at them and say, oh, that's gelatin. Whereas sa'ar, yeast, you look at it and say, oh, well, that's used as an ingredient in bread. 
So Chaim Oizer disagreed with that argument, but that was the argument of Rebaran. All based on this Ran. The Ran says, why is Pesach different? Because it could be used as an ingredient in other future items. So for Pesach, in order for something to be mutter, it has to be nifsal me'achilas ha'kelev, the whole year long, we have a machlekes between the Ran and the Rambam, um, is nifsal me'achilas adam enough that a person wouldn't need it, or does it have to be nifsal me'achilas ha'kelev? So right away, we can knock out, you know, half the items, uh, cosmetics, which are creams or powders. A dog would not eat them. Um, I think we can say with clarity, a dog would not eat them. And therefore, these items uh, certainly are, are permitted on Pesach, even if they might contain ingredients that are chametz, creams, uh, powders, uh, things like that. We'll get to. Uh, we'll get to in a second. We'll get to in a second. What is the nature, though? What is the point of dispute between this Rambam and the Ran? The whole Pesach, we said, has to be nifsa me'achilas ha'kelav, because bread, chametz, can be used as an ingredient in future breads. But what about the whole year long? It's the Ran and the Rambam. According to the Ran, if a food person wouldn't eat it, it's mutter. It's not ma'achilas ha'kelav. According to the Rambam, it has to be nifsa me'achilas ha'kelav. So I believe that they're arguing about, really, what is the line in the sand between food and non-food? You know, we could just brainstorm. If you ask, ask what's the difference between food and non-food? So the Ran seems to be of the opinion, and he almost indicates, this, says this explicitly, that it's because it tastes bad. The difference between food and non-food is food tastes good, non-food tastes bad. That's why the Ran claims that uh, even if you just have a flavor of Malchala Sasuras that tastes bad, it's a day old, that's also Nevela She'ena Ru'il, what we call Nisein Tam Lefgam, which is a whole discussion beyond our scope of our limited discussion now, it's It's also mutter because it's nevela a flavor or an item that tastes bad is not food. That's why the Ran believes if something is nifsa me'achilas adam, it tastes bad to people. It's not food and it's permitted. The Rambam's opinion is no that the difference between food and non-food is not something that tastes bad versus something that tastes good. It's whether people will eat it or not. If people will eat it, it's food or it can be eaten, it's fit for consumption, then it's food. If it's not fit for consumption, then it's not food. Sounds like we're splitting hairs, but there'll be a difference. The difference will be, let's say a person wouldn't eat it, but a dog would. I'm not getting involved whether a dog is a somebody, in my Manhattan, my flag, it's a dog is somebody or something, but a dog, whatever the dog is, somebody or something will eat, the, will eat this food. So it is, on a certain level, fit for consumption. So that's why the Rambam's opinion is that it has to be nifso me'achilas ha'kelev. A Pesach, of course, it has to be nifso me'achilas ha'kelev for the ingredient concern. But the whole year long, the Rambam believes that in order for it to be mutter, to be a non-food item, and not malchol it has to be that no one will see this as fit for consumption. Whereas the Ran believes, no, the difference between food and non-food is whether it tastes good or it doesn't taste good. This is Machlekes in Kola Torah Kula. The Gemara says in Masech des it's not specific to Machlekes Asuras. The Gemara says in Masech des Brochus, a person who drinks, over here, Oizvav, a person who drinks plain um, olive oil, straight olive oil. Sometimes you make a mistake, you think it's whatever, juice, and it's an olive oil, you know, a salad dressing. Shemen Zayas Mevarchen Olav, Bari Priya Eitz. Says the Gemara, what? It comes from olives. Olives are very pure eights. Hechi dami, says the Gemara. If you drink it straight, the Gemara says, Shemen Zayas, the bracha is her eights. Says the Gemara, how could that be? Well, if you drink it straight, Azuke Mazikle, it mazik you. Of course, the bracha cannot be her eights. Sigmar rejects that. The Gemara presumes if you drink Shemen Zayas straight, you do not make a very pure eights. 
What do you make? All over the city. Huh? <coughs> there are olive oil tastings all over. There's a boutique in Lower Manhattan uh, that's with bread. With bread. With bread. Without, without, without bread. bread. Without bread. People drink olive oil. Okay. Straight. Nothing yes. to do with this. Fine. The yeah. <laughs> Gemara says it's azuke It doesn't. It's bad. So what is it? What the Gemara doesn't tell you. The Gemara says shemen size barpia eats. Hot what? Barpia eats. What you drank it straight? Ugh! You drank it straight. Azuke mazikle. So then the Gemara proceeds to say no. It's talking about on bread. That's what the Gemara says. Or it's in a mixture. But what? What is that look? If you drink it straight, the Gemara doesn't tell you. So there are all rights on that Gemara. Veloy barich. There's no bracha garnished. You gain nothing. It doesn't taste good. That's what Azuki Mazakle means. It tastes terrible. Drink it straight. So therefore, there's no bracha. That's the ra'ah. It's not food. Kozmanim doesn't taste good. There's no bracha. But the Rambam's opinion is not so. The Rambam over there, Oisches, in Hilchas Brachas, of Amshosa Hashem and Levadoi, Mevarek of Shahako. If you eat an item in an abnormal fashion, I eat a raw potato. So potatoes are meant to be cooked. If you eat it raw, you make a shahako. That everyone agrees to. You only make a hadam if you eat it in a normal way. So here the Rambam's opinion is you're eating food in an abnormal way. Most people don't eat shemen zayis, drinking it straight. So therefore it's abnormal. Normally shemen zayis should have gone to bury priya eights. It's a tree, uh, you know, it's a, it comes from a tree. Should have been bury priya eights. But you don't because you're eating it in an abnormal way. Since you're eating abnormal way, it's shahako. But the Ram understands it's food. You make a bracha. The Ra'ah says it's not food. If it doesn't taste good, it's not food. That was the opinion of the Ra'ah. The opinion of the Rambam is, no, if it tastes good, it's food. You're just eating it in an abnormal way. You should make a shahako. I believe that this also, perhaps, is the uh, basis for the Machlekes HaRishonim about what's known as Nishtane. That's quoted over here by the Rosh in Mesech des Brachas. The Rishonim are discussing the status of something called musk. Musk is used, I think, as an ingredient in perfumes. But it's also used um, in uh, as a spice in uh, in different uh, in different items. So musk, I think, unless someone knows more about it than I do, was a byproduct of a certain gland in deer or in other animals. There's a gland in the neck which makes this musk. But uh, the Rishonim understood that it came. It was a byproduct of, uh, or not a byproduct. It was a blood that transforms in the gland to become this musk. So Rishonim discusses, is it really just blood? If it, it's a byproduct of blood, blood we know is also to eat, so is this a byproduct of blood, in which case it should also be uh, also to eat. What is the status of the musk? So the rush on the second line over here, quotes from Rabbi Zechariah Levi, from the Balamar, He said, musk you cannot eat, because there, perhaps there's blood in it. Rabbeinu Yaina disagreed, and Rabbeinu Yaina allowed it, because he claims it's different then blood, it's changed. Even if it is a derivative of blood, but it's changed. Its flavor is different. Its texture is different. So since it's changed its flavor and its texture, it's a different item and it's permitted. That's what's known as nishtana. So Rabbeinu Yaina argued that nishtana should be allowed. The Balamor argues nishtana uh, doesn't make a difference. Even though it's different than the blood, it doesn't make, uh, it doesn't make a difference. The rush actually later on sides with the Balamor. He thinks that it's awesome. What does this issue center around? So I believe if also perhaps revolves around this, uh, this point that we're discussing. What is the nature of food? What is the definition of food? If the definition of food is something that tastes good, then if the, cha- the taste changes or the texture changes, or both change, it's a different flavor entirely, so then perhaps you can argue that that's a different item. It's a different food. And Nishtana should be allowed. <coughs> it should no longer be Malkala Sasuris. It's not Dam anymore. Now it's Musk.
And but if the definition of food is not something that tastes good, it's something that is fit for consumption. People will eat it, so or somebody will eat it. So it will be eaten. So then, uh, as long as this item has retained its status as a food item throughout, even though the f- flavor might have changed or the texture might have changed, doesn't make a difference. It's food. It's food. It's been food throughout. Just because the flavor changed might be irrelevant. How do we paskin on this issue of nishtane? That was also one of the main uh, issues uh, at debate in the gelatin discussion, because gelatin changed from the bones of the animals. The gelatin was a derivative of the animal bones, which were non-kosher animals, but it changed its texture and it changed flavor from the bones of the animals. So that was one of Rechaim Oizer's arguments. Huh? Jesus. Jesus, hold on. But that it changed... From what the uh, the bones were, so the flavor changed and the texture changed. That was one of the reasons the Pchaimoizer allowed the gelatin. Rucheskel Abramsky disagreed with the Pchaimoizer, and he held that gelatin did not change. It's not so different than the bones. He claims that it's no, not so different than bone marrow or other things. It's not really nishtana. How do we paskin know when it comes to nishtana? The Mishnah Brewer says, with regards to surim de'iraisa, we're machmir. With regards to surim de'rabbanon, we're mako. It's very relevant to Pesach. That's the issue with the diet coke. If anyone's familiar with the tumul surrounding the Diet Coke, all Diet Coke has in it aspartame. That's the uh, sweetener in Diet Coke. Aspartame is a... Is, that's why people don't like giving it to children, because it's addictive, I think, to aspartame. So the aspartame um, is an uh, enzyme which I think is made on a kidneyos uh, platform. So it's a derivative of kidneyos. But it's changed from the kidneyos. It's nishtane. So most of the conscious organizations give a hashgacha to Diet Coke, they allow it, because aspartame is nishtane from kidneys. Kidneys itself is only a minute. <coughs> the Mishnah Brura said, when it comes to Yisurim Darabonon, we could be meiko on nishtane, if it changed texture and flavor. When it comes to Yisurim Darabonon, we're machmer. So many are meiko with regards to the kidneys, with regards to the aspartame, because it's kidneys and nishtanu. There is a psak foursome from Rav Landau, one of the major poiskim in Bnei Brak, who answered, uh, he felt we should not be making on the shtana at all. Even when it comes to kitneus, which is only a midig, not even an isidar abanon, and therefore he uh, uh, prohibits or uh, recommends not to have uh, Diet Coke even on Pesach. And the, uh, you're not allowed to be on a diet on Pesach. <laughs> Everyone has to drink uh, the regular Coke, which has sugar in it, and not the, uh, not the aspartame. That's also the reason why uh, most kosher organizations are machmer and what's known as citric acid. Citric acid is an enzyme which is derived from chometz, from wheat. It can be derived from fruit, but it can be derived sometimes from wheat. It's hard to know where it comes from. So any item, that's why people follow, look on a list of ingredients. They don't see chometz. They say, well, how could this thing possibly be a problem if it has citric acid? Citric acid is a derivative of chometz. It's chometz shenishtaneh. But chometz is different than uh, kidneys. It's the isodairaisa. So when it comes to isodairaisa, generally speaking, we're machmer on, uh, on nishtana. But that whole issue, this whole issue of nishtana, could be, uh, could be revolving around what is the definition of food. Is the definition of food something that tastes good or something that people will ingest? And we've said, but everyone will agree, if it's nifsa me'achilas ha'kelev, no one will eat it. It doesn't taste good. No one will ingest it. Nobody knows something. No somebody. No one's eating it. Then it's permitted on Pesach. So then pills, all pills, if you chew a pill, we said cosmetics are all the, the, the powders or the creams. What about a pill that if you would chew it, it would taste terrible? That should have been allowed. However, there is another issue, and that is the issue known as Achshavei. The Ran actually writes in Mesechtas Psachim, and it's not surprising, over here, Oisiyod, the Ran writes Mesechtas Psachim, when something becomes Nifsom, Echilas HaKelev, you're even allowed to eat it on Pesach. Afilu b'achilu nami shari. 
So Ron would not have any problem with pills on Pesach. You chew a pill, it tastes disgusting. Would not have any problem with it. The Rush, though, disagrees. The Rush's opinion is no. <coughs> the Rush says, if you're going to eat it now, true, it's Nifsa Meachilas HaKelev before, but now you eat it, Kevin the Ihu Ka'achalei If you eat it, you are Machshavit as food, Vaharaya, you put it in your mouth and swallowed it. So you were just, you endowed it with the status of food, and now it's prohibited uh, because you endowed it with the status of food. The Ron says, no, what are you talking about? You, of course you can eat it. It's nifsa me'achilas ha'kelev. It's not ma'cholos ha'suris anymore. It's not chametz anymore. But you didn't change the status of that for everyone. It's just prohibited to you. We'll get to that at the end. Yeah, it's a good point. I agree with you. Not everyone agrees with us, though. Okay. Yeah, but I agree with you. <laughs> but um, what does this issue revolve around? Again, it's the same issue. The Ron believes what is food. Food is that which does not taste good. Let's say I eat it. It doesn't make a difference. You're a mishugna, but it doesn't taste good. It doesn't taste like food. A dog wouldn't even eat it taste like this. So then, or even, he doesn't even hold he need a dog. But on Pesach, you need a dog. A dog wouldn't eat it like this. It doesn't taste good enough. So then, uh, it should have been allowed. Even if you want to eat it, that's fine. The Russian's opinion is, what is food? That which is fit for consumption. Yeah, so this item is not fit for consumption, a pill if you'll choose it. Chew it. But you just ate it! So you just made it fit for consumption. You are of it as food. Wouldn't that be only if the pill is completely chametz? You're dealing typically with a small little element within the pill. You're saying, I'm not endowing it with the status of food, the chametz. Even, all... even though you're chewing That's it, right. only a minor element of it is possibly chametz. Was... It's all the other items around it which are not chametz, which you're, yeah, which you're eating. Right. There's a tesis like that. I always had that argument exactly. That achshavei only applies if you're eating an item raw, not as a, in a taruvis. Swallow, not eating, correct? No, the Gemara says, If you swallow whole matzah, you're yotza. You see, swallowing whole is eating. It's a common misconception. How do we pask it on this? We're machmir like the Rosh, that you're not allowed to eat machalas asurois because you're just endowed with the status of food. So then, can you ingest a pill? If you, you could accept that argument that it's only bitaruvis, there's a little bit of chametz in it. Now, it's all chametz, that's one reason to be mako. But Rav Moshe had another argument to be, to be uh, maker with regards to the pills. Again, we're machmi, you're not allowed to eat machos asuras, not on Pesach, or not the whole year, even though it's nifsom echilas hakelev, because you endow with the status of food. But Moshe argued that's only if, uh, it's a fu- if you're ingesting it as food. If let's say I'm taking it for medicinal purposes, I don't mean to endow this item with the status of food, I'm eating it because of the therapeutic value that it has. Oh, then that's, uh, Rav Moshe argues, then that, that should be allowed. The Shag- and Rav HaPaiskim agree with Ramosha. That was uh, Ramosha, the Chazanish. Shagas Aryeh disagrees. The Shagas Aryeh has a tshuva, even if you eat it for medicinal purposes, also Achshavei. That's why you'll find lists going around with, uh, you know, for years with uh, which pills have chametz in them. That's all to be cheshish for the Shagas Aryeh. That uh, you endow with the status of food, even if you eat it for medicinal purposes. But according to Ramosha and the Chazanish, there's no issue at all. Uh, because you're not eating it as food, you're eating it for medicine, and there's no concept of Ashavei would not apply um, in that situation. Ramosha, though, might limit it to medicines as opposed to vitamins. There's a whole philosophical debate in the Paiskin. How do you view vitamins? Are vitamins, it's relevant to Shabbos, because you can't take medicine on Shabbos gratuitously unless you're sick. It's relevant to Macholos Asuros, because sometimes vitamins have tariffs in them. Are vitamins medications, which have these coolers? Or vitamins, food supplements. Are they mutter on Shabbos? Are they mutter if they have machalas asuras? You, you, you don't I don't think you can get both coolers. 
If it's mutter on Shabbos, then you're assuming it's a food supplement, not a medication. If it's not a medication, then it has to be kosher. If it's uh, physician recommended, does that now help it for more? It might be a medication. Yeah. Like folic acid, I've been told. The doctors say, yeah, if you don't take it, it's like, the, the, the value of it is measurable. So then it's a medication. You have to take it. But it might be allowed to take it on Shabbos because uh, you're sick or it's like, maybe. What about the gelatin capsule? All the same thing. If you chew, it tastes terrible. So I don't think that gel, the gel caps makes a difference. If you can get without the gel caps, get without the gel caps. I think that's also the same discussion. But what about vitamins? So Ramosha in general was making on vitamins on Shabbos. He held that they were food supplements. But then Ramosha also held that vitamins have to be kosher. So vitamins have to be kosher the whole year long because he held it was food. Ramosha held it was to be mushroom things you don't get in your diet. So then uh, Pesach too, the vitamins, you wouldn't have this cooler. Vitamins would have to have uh, would have to be have no chametz in them. Rav Shlomo Zalman disagreed. He asked vitamins on Shabbos, but he allowed them even though it had machol sasuros. So I think there's room to argue both directions. I mean, it makes a little more sense to me. I don't view vitamins as food supplements. It's more uh, medication, I think. But I open to both uh, both possibilities. So vitamins, you might not have this cooler. Why is the Ashvei not applied to medicines? Because you don't mean to endow with the status of food. So to Ramayisha quotes from the Mishnah Brura. Let's say you have ink on uh, Pesach. Some of the inks had a wheat base to give it a little thickness. So can you have an ink around that might have chametz in it? So said, the Mishnah Brewer says sometimes you might take the pen and put it in your mouth. Maybe you'll do that, ingest the ink. So Mishnah Brewer says if you don't mean to ingest it as food, you just want to you know, uh, subconsciously put it in your mouth, you're not endowing with the status of food, also Ashavei would not apply. So that's what Ramayusha says, he doesn't think you need kosher the Pesach soap, dish soap. Dish soap is nifsal, no one would eat it, the dog wouldn't eat it. But you might endow with the status of food by ingesting it once in a while. It's left on a spoon, maybe left on a plate. You're going to have the dishwashers that we usually have, you're washing things by hand on Pesach, so maybe there'll be a little soap left over. So Ramayusha says, no, nah, if you don't endow with the status of food, you don't want to eat it, you prefer it not even be there. So there's no, uh, it's subconscious, uh, Ramayusha says it, uh, that, that you should not apply Akshavay there. And uh, Rabbi Ida recommends, though, if you can find Kashal the Pesach soap, that, that, that would be better. Of course, that's the best. What about toothpaste and those type of items? So Rabbi Ida quotes Ramayusha that toothpaste is nifso me'achilas ha'adam. Toothpaste all has tarfus in it. I hate to, uh, if you didn't know that. All toothpaste has many toothpaste. You look on the ingredients, have glycerin. Glycerin is uh, sometimes, can be made from an animal byproduct, animal fat. Sometimes it's vegetable fat, sometimes it's animal fat. It's hard to know. So all toothpaste, mouthwash, all have glycerin, robitussin, uh, all the liquid medications, all have glycerin in them, which is a shaylo the whole year long because it has machalas asuras. So what's the status with toothpaste? So Rabbi Eider and his uh, Sefer and Hilchas Pesach quotes from Moshe that toothpaste is nifso me'achilas hakelev. Dog wouldn't need toothpaste. But I met an elder, uh, elder Rosh Yeshiva who told me in the... Uh, in uh, Europe during the war, they put toothpaste on the bread in order to give it uh, a better flavor. Rebelsky argues mouthwash is not nifso. Can you really? Can you really use the Holocaust as? An you know, no, 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 right? I mean, so someone told me no, but they gave it to the dog. The dog ate the toothpaste. So Paisa said, "You don't ask the dog what's nifso me'achilas We determine what's nifso me'achilas Otherwise, dog scotch would be nifso me'achilas Dogs don't drink scotch. The Levushe Mordechai argues if you give him scotch schnapps, he wouldn't drink it. So what does that mean? Scotch is mutter on Pesach. Is nifso me'achilas hakelav? He said, "No, we don't ask the dog. We don't ask the dog shilas. We pass in the shilas." 
But what's called nifsa me'achilas ha'kelev? So toothpaste, many argue, is nifsa me'achilas ha'kelev. Mouthwash, there are those who argue that too. Also, you might swallow a little bit, but you don't intend to endow with the status of food. You don't want to swallow the toothpaste. You don't want to swallow the mouthwash. So it's not called achshave that you're eating, putting in your mouth. You don't intend to swallow it at all. But with regard to, uh, let's say, liquid medications on Pesach, I think might be an issue. I think it's an issue the whole year long. It has machalas asuras in it, and if it has, um, it's going to be eaten and swallowed. If it has chametz in it, those type of liquid uh, medications have to be uh, checked to see if they have uh, have to have chametz in them. So, so children's medicine is well uh, children's medicine is all okay. The children's Tylenol and those type of things are okay. Some of them that have alcohol in them. Well, they don't give children alcohol, but it's the ones that have. Like grape, uh, grape, 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 grape juice in the issue, like the. There's no grape juice in the the grape <laughs> no, flavor. Right. Yeah, it's a flavor. It's a flavor. But I think liquid medications the whole year long. We'll get to in a second the cooler for the liquid medications. But for Pesach, there might be a cooler to take it. But for Pesach to keep it around, if it has chametz, will be a problem. Why? Well, maybe we should call it nifsal. It doesn't taste good at all. So Shlomo Zalman says we cannot be so quick to determine to call thing nifsal, everything nifsal. The Gemara in Mesechtas Becheres has a shaila, a suffix, which is unresolved. Is meiraglayim shel chamor. The Gemara is not sure if that's nifsal or not. That's a shaila in the Gemara. So Shlomo Zalman, the Rambam Paskin's um, mucus uh, from the nose or from the ear is not nifsal. So Shlomo Zalman says we're so quick to label things as nifsal, the Gemara is not sure meiraglayim shel chamor. The Chazanish has a humorous comment. He doesn't mean to be funny, but the Chazanish says that he doesn't think. He said maybe Meirag Lam Shel Chamor doesn't taste so bad. You never know what that ginger ale is on the, day, the table over there in the, the weddings. We wonder where it came from. He said maybe it doesn't taste so bad. And who knows? I mean, the reason people don't eat it says the Chazanish psychologically we can't bring ourselves to drink Meirag Lam Shel Chamor. But whoever would taste it says Chazanish maybe it doesn't taste so bad. So maybe the subject is a is something that's nifso psychologically. Is that called nifso or not? Anyway, Rav Shlomo Zalman's point is well taken. We cannot just label things nifsal. Eh, we can't just label everything uh, as nifsal. What the Pais can say is nifsal is nifsal, but it's a, it's a hard, uh, hard thing to, to, uh, to declare with certainty. Even though the liquid medications, I don't think you can keep around on Pesach. If it has chametz, a whole year long, there might be a kula to take it based on a Gemara and Mesech des Pesachim. The Gemara says in Mesech des Pesachim, Kol Yisurin Shebetayrah, The only time it's also to eat machalas asuris is if you do it in the normal way. To exclude what? If you eat it raw. Let's say you eat nevela meat raw. It's not the normal way. Or I pile a frozen. Or I pile on salt that it's, you know, ter- tastes terrible. So the nevela meat is not mutter, but it's shaloi kederach achilah. It's not the normal way of eating that is permitted. Why is it permitted? The Chidusha Rabbeinu David says whenever the Torah says achilah, this is a larger discussion, Whenever the Torah says, Achila refers to something that's normal. The Torah discusses nor- normal. The Torah doesn't, it's a whole discussion. We could uh, develop the Indian in Kol Torah Kula. There's many topics that relate to this. We discuss that which is normal. So when the Torah said you're eating it, it means you're eating it in the normal fashion. If it's not the normal fashion, then it's allowed. It's not allowed, I'm sorry. It's not, you're not Chayev, but it's still awesome in the Rabbanon. What about Achshavei? What about Achshavei? By eating it. No, no, no. This refers not to what's food and not food. This refers to how you're eating it. So if you're eating it as raw, it's food, but you're not eating it in the normal way, it's only us at It's not us at the So for Chayla, She'en Basakana, it's allowed. It says in the Shulchan Aruch to eat something, Machal Sasuris, in not the normal fashion, not a normal way of ingesting it, meaning it's raw, it's uh, frozen, it, 
you pile on salt on top of it is uh, not chayiv because it's abnormal. That's not what the Torah is discussing, but it's also mitzvah rabbanon's mutter though for a chayla. So I think that this robotasin, even though it contains machalas asuros and on chametz, if it has chametz, I don't know. We have to check if it has chametz. I wouldn't keep it around on Pesach because it's it, 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 to call it not food is difficult. I think. But I think it's still clearly not the normal way. If someone would market a product that tastes like this, I don't think it would uh, do too well. So I don't think it's the normal way of eating uh, these items. So if a person is sick, he's a so then he would be allowed to take these medications. If you like taking Robitussin when you're not sick, I think you have a problem. But if you're sick, if you're sick, then it's allowed. What is the difference? The last topic, last uh, point we need to make. What is the difference between Shaloi Kederach Achila and Nifsal? When do you call it just the, not the normal way of eating it? And when do you call it not a food item? So the Chavaz Das points to the Rambam. The Rambam says, if you are irev bodvarim marim, you put on top of it things which taste bitter. That's the second line over here in Ois That's called Shaloi Kederach Achil. I pile on salt or pepper on top of a, a, a tray for steak. That's Shaloi Kederach Achil. would also be Asim What is called Nifsal, the Rambam says in the last line, is hisriach or hivish. It is rotted. So the Chavaz Das claims if it's external, that's called shalai kederach achila. If the item itself has become moldy and rotted, that is called nifsal, and it's not a food item anymore. That's the difference the Chavaz Das claims between the two, uh, the two definite, the two halachos. The, Chav- the Chazon Ish you know, clarifies it a little bit further, and he says, if it's possible to switch it, <laughs> meaning if you can change it, let's say frozen, you could just cook it, it's easy to change. So then, uh, or you could get rid of the, that's not called nifsal, that's called eating in an abnormal way. You pile on salt, you can wash off the salt. If it's uh, raw, you could cook it. All these things are called, it's external, or it's easily removed, that's called, if it's impot, the Easter itself, it's internal, it's rotted, that you can't anymore change the situation easily, then that's called, uh, that's called nifsal. So that's the discussion that uh, Ramosha starts with regards to, let's say, a liquid, which is a shampoo, or any liquid that might have a al- rubbing alcohol, or the perfumes, or the colognes, or the liquid, um, the liquid deodorants, or Ramosha, those all have uh, some alcohol. It's hard to know if it's grain-based alcohol or other types of alcohol. But it might be grain-based alcohol, in which case, in theory, it could be chametz. So Moshe argues that first of all, he says, this is a you know a sociological uh, assessment. Moshe says a drunk, an alcoholic, would uh, in d- times of desperation, maybe he was talking about in prohibition, would uh, drink these uh, these things if he'd be so desperate. So he says, oh, maybe it's not nifsal that they would drink it for the alcohol. And he says it's easy to switch. You could take the alcohol, refine it from the perfumes, from the liquid deodorants, and make alcohol which is consumable. So first of all, I don't, you know, other parties can disagree. There's a truth in the Minchas Aluzer from the Munkach Rebbe disagrees. The, first, they don't drink it. I, we have never seen alcoholics drink these, these items, maybe in times of severe desperation, you know. I don't know, but the alcoholics now are not drinking these items. And the whole Industry of the, and the Minchas Elazar argues even if he does, that doesn't change it for you and me. Just because he's a Meshugana doesn't make it achshavay for me. But either way, the whole industry of denatured alcohol is in order to uh, avoid taxes. That's the whole purpose why they make this. They want to be able to sell rubbing alcohol without incurring alcohol taxes from the scotch and the wine. They don't want to have the same tax. 
on the Robitussin that they have on the, I don't know if it contains alcohol, but they don't want to have the same tax on perfume that they have on, uh, on uh, alcohol. So they make a thing called denatured alcohol, which is not easy to reverse because they don't want you doing it. That's the whole purpose of it. The whole purpose of denatured alcohol is they put in a chemical which is hard to reverse. In order to remove, to change denatured alcohol into alcohol that you can consume, you'd have to be a chemist. You have to do distillation. You need test tubes and this and that. You would need a whole apparatus and to know what you're doing to, to switch it into be alcohol which can be consumed. So that's why, in my opinion, Ramesh's argument, and the Minchas Allah already disagrees also, I find it a hard argument that, uh, number one, I'm not sure, sociologically, that's an assessment. Just because he drinks it, does that, first of all, does that make it also for me, and do alcoholics really drink these items anymore? And Ramesh says, you could switch it easily in your kitchen, make denatured alcohol into regular <laughs> alcohol. I, I don't think it's uh, so, so easy to go about. This whole topic, though, of food items versus non-food items has an important message, and that is that if the Nachri wouldn't eat it, then it's not Malcholas Asuras for us either. Which is fascinating. That means that Malcholas Asuras is also for us, or it implies, to distance ourselves from the Nachri. The Nachri eats it. If he's not willing to eat it, now it's mutter for us. It's only us or Kozman, he's willing to eat it. If he doesn't want to eat it, it's mutter for us. We say in the Haggadah, This is, we pick up our crisis. This is what stood for us in every generation. Saves us from their hands. What is the vehi? What is the subject of that sentence? Vehi, this is what stood for us. So the Nitziv writes in his Haggadah that the Pashup Shad is the immediately preceding line, which is that Kaiso left Mitzrayim with wealth and influence. So says the Nitziv, Pashup Shad is what uh, saves us in every generation is our wealth and influence. That's what the Nitziv says. But then the Nitziv claims that, that cannot be the Pshat, that's not. That's not uh, <laughs> Too palatable. What the Nitziv says, really, it's two lines earlier. It's When we remember that we are strangers in a land that's not ours, then a Kaddish Baruch that saves us in every generation. That is what saves us in every generation from uh, those around us who seek to destroy us is when we remember that we have a different destiny, a different uh, mission in life than the Umos Ha'elam. The Nitziv claims anti-Semitism, he wrote this uh, before the World War, Nitziv claims anti-Semitism is a product of us integrating, wanting to integrate with society around us. The more we want to integrate, the more there will be, uh, there'll be a rise, a uh, prevalence of anti-Semitism. And the more we recognize that we have a unique mission in life, we have a unique calling, a unique destiny, then uh, the greater, uh, the greater, the less anti-Semitism will be, the, there will be. That's why some say we lift up the kais, which is the wine, kasher wine. And when we recognize that we are uh, nizhar, that is, and we have a different uh, mission in life. That is what protects us uh, in every generation. So, uh, as we say, that the Seder, Kaddish Baruch, who saves us in every generation from anti Semitism, from those who seek to destroy us, we hope that that should be as well. Uh, we daven that should be as well, that the Rebbe Shalom should, uh, should save us, and we are confident that he will. I wish you all, and everyone should have a good Yom Tov. Yeah. Uh, 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 u